Hey everybody, thanks for joining us for the Single Tracks podcast. Today it's me, Jeff, and Aaron and Greg, and we're going to be talking about night riding. Time just changed here in North America, and so it's getting dark earlier, and a lot of people are starting to think about night riding again, so we wanted to talk about night riding. First off, why do you guys like to go night riding, if you do at all? Well, the reason I go night riding is because otherwise I wouldn't really get to ride much during the week. Yeah, with the with the time change, it's getting dark at what six six thirty. So if I didn't didn't night ride, my riding would pretty much be limited to the weekend. So got to get out there. Yeah, definitely schedule seems to play a big role for a lot of people in terms of work. But for me, I mean, it's not even it's year round that I've got kids, and it makes it tough to get out on the weekends because you know kids don't they don't always like to go mountain biking, especially little kids. So. <laughs> A lot of times, you know, riding at night's the only time that I can do it, you know, when they're in bed and everything. Also, even in the even in the summer for me, the temperatures are a lot cooler. So, I enjoy riding at night just to avoid the heat of the day. And another thing that I've found over the years is that's cool about night riding is just that you get to have the trail to yourself a lot of times. You're not going to see a lot of mountain bikers out there or hikers and in a lot of cases, that means you can ride trails that maybe aren't so good to ride during the day when there are hikers out. Yeah, I totally agree with you on the uh, riding in summer at night, is, especially here in Georgia. You know, if it's 90 plus, maybe 100 degrees during the day, it's a lot more comfortable temperature-wise to ride at night. Yeah, out here, I kind of approach night riding more as a necessary evil, sort of like Aaron. You know, this time of year, it's about the only way to hit the trails. Generally, I'd prefer to just ride during the day because the views are so much better. But if I have to night ride, it's better than not riding at all. <laughs> That's for sure. So, all right, we all agree night riding is awesome. So <laughs> what are some of the things that, that you should avoid when night riding? Like what are some of the pitfalls, I guess, that you want to avoid? Uh, I do a lot of sort of riding into the dark. You know, even this time of year, lots of times I'm starting my ride during the daylight and riding into the dark just because the sun's setting early. And when you're doing that, you really have to prepare for the drop in temperature. So you bring extra clothing like that you might not be wearing at the beginning of your ride but might need by the end of it. So you just need to be prepared for like temperature swings and unpredictability. Yeah, I mean, for me, one of the things that I've learned is not to ride alone at night. Right. I mean, I'm a, I'm a little more comfortable riding by myself during the day it's still not a great idea but at night it seems even even more dangerous and risky so i definitely try to avoid that when riding at night i mean shoot it can just be spooky riding by yourself i mean <laughs> you, you can see some weird stuff at night that maybe is or isn't there and it's nice to have somebody else along with you right yeah i mean to touch on the point of not riding alone if you're riding by yourself during the day and you get hurt there's a chance that someone else will come along on the trail and see you. But if you get hurt and you're incapacitated at night, best case scenario, someone's going to find you the next morning. So definitely better to ride with a buddy at night. And also if you are riding alone, you know, definitely make sure someone knows where you are and when to expect you back. Yeah, for sure. And another thing that, that I like to try to do is always have a backup light when I'm riding at night. Having just one light, it, anything could happen to that light. It could get broken, battery could run out, or whatever. And you're going to want to have something so you can at least get back. It doesn't have to be as bright as your primary light, but it's always a good idea to have a backup. 
The final thing that I'll mention is you need to check the access rules for where you want to ride. Not all trails allow night riding, especially some of the you know suburban county parks and places like that. Typically, you're okay in the national forests, but um, you always want to make sure that you understand the access rules. Yeah, I found that out the hard way trying to night ride at Chicopee several years ago. Drove all the way out to Gainesville, which is about a 45-minute drive, just to find out the trail was closed. Yeah, that's definitely a bummer. So let's talk about some specific experiences we've had riding at night. Aaron, I know you and I rode over the summer out at a trail at night, and it happened to be a pretty rainy night that night. Yeah, you know, that it's a kind of a typical Georgia summer evening. There's a, always a chance of rain and chance of thunderstorms, but this night in particular ended up being some really vicious thunderstorms, and uh, we drove way out to the trail. It was about a 20-minute drive, whereas the typical Tuesday night group ride that we do is an in-town ride, so there's no driving involved. By the time we got to the trail, it, it started raining a little bit, but you know, we had driven there, so we were kind of had our had our mindset that we were going to ride, and we started riding, and it just started raining harder and harder and harder, and there was lightning all around us. It was really wind. I mean, it was it was basically like riding inside of a hurricane. It was a really terrible idea, honestly. <laughs> you know, we had a guy, uh, we had a few guys get lost, just got split up from the group, and you know, missed a turn on the trail. So a lot of the time was spent stopping and recounting and making sure everyone was with us and then trying to find the people that were lost. So I'm not sure how much actual riding we got done, but I'm glad we all made it through it and it, it made for some some good conversation over beers afterwards. <laughs> yeah, that that was definitely a super memorable ride and you know, in our defense, we did tell ourselves, we said, look, if it's raining when we get there, we're not going to do it. But when we got to the trail, go time, like there was no rain. It was pretty much as soon as we got onto the single track that it started coming down. And Aaron, I think you said your girlfriend was calling during the ride saying it was like a tornado watch. Like we really <laughs> didn't even know how bad it was or how bad it was going to get. But yeah, yeah, everybody survived at least. Yeah, they were actually... Um tornado sirens going off back by my house which is about 15 minutes from the trail so yeah like i said it, it probably probably wasn't the smartest thing maybe we should have all checked our phones checked the radar one more time before we headed <laughs> out on the trail but uh definitely glad to make it through that evening uh, unscathed uh i don't think i have anything i can really top that unfortunately <laughs> but all my best night riding memories are probably the ones where again you know we didn't do anything right <laughs> we we uh when i lived in georgia we used to do like a lot of exploring at night you know during the fall and winter just because you know that's the only time we could do it but generally speaking going out to ride like a brand new trail that you've never been to before and you have no idea what it holds at night isn't the best idea but we did plenty of that <laughs> to varying degrees of success well yeah you know I've, I've written a little bit about our tuesday night ride here in atlanta and one of the, the stories that I wrote about that got a lot of interest and a lot of reader reaction was about some of the crime that our group has seen during the group ride. Briefly, there was one occasion when I witnessed an armed robbery on my way back from the night ride, and then another occasion where we're not sure exactly what happened, but there were 
multiple shots fired very close by to us and we saw you know kind of a getaway car driving away and where we ride in Atlanta it's definitely an urban environment and so we see all kinds of things you know you see you see crime and you also see homelessness and things like that and I mean I'm just really I really enjoy it you know despite the danger and some of the negative stuff but just really getting to know the city around me and you know exploring that I mean it's to me it's it's almost as exciting as exploring a wilderness area or somewhere where you don't know what's around the next turn and you know there are different parts of the city that that we're discovering every week that's definitely a fun part of night riding for me and another reason not to ride alone <laughs> yes absolutely what equipment do people need if they want to get started night riding obviously you're going to need a light so let's let's talk about sort of specific lights and light recommendations i'd say probably on the on the low end the least bright light you're going to want is um maybe 500 lumens that's kind of i would say the bare minimum to ride at night definitely with 500 lumens you're not going to be able to ride as fast especially if you only have one light i think a a two light setup is the best way to go to have one on your handlebars and and one on your helmet if it's something you're just getting into and you're not wanting to drop a ton of money right off the bat i think a 500 lumen light is a is a good place to start and there's no no shortage of of options in that price range you know you have some really nice self-contained units from uh, Knight Rider and uh, Saigo Light and some other companies where the the battery is built into the light itself um, which is really nice you don't have to deal with any cords or you know wondering where to strap the battery to your bike or put it in a bag or put it in your jersey and then, you know, it goes up from there. I mean, you know, some of the lights that I know Jeff has reviewed, uh, what's a 6,000 lumen? Right. right. But yeah, I, th- I think uh, I think 500 lumens is kind of the, the floor, you know, the bare minimum that you'd want to take out on the trail. Yeah, well, I mean, that's interesting. When I started night riding regularly, which was probably five or six years ago, the only light I had was, I think it was like 150 lumen light and motion Stella. It was one of those that you put on your helmet. And I rode with that thing for several months. And I, I can't believe it looking back that that was enough. And I probably was riding very slowly. But yeah, I mean, you'd be surprised. I think most people, yeah, are going to want at least 500 lumens. But don't let that stop you. You know, definitely you can try to ride what you have and see if that works. You know, Aaron mentioned the the super bright light that we tested. And I think we just reshared that on our Facebook page, but that was a review from earlier this year of the trail led 3000. And man, that thing, that thing is super bright. It really spoiled me too. You know, I had to send that one back that light with something like that. You can ride as fast as you want at night. And really it's, it's just like riding in the day. And the crazier thing is that 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 was only half as bright. They have one that basically put two of those trail LED 3000s together and you get 6,000 lumens, which is just insane. I'm not sure who needs that much light (laughs) unless you're like doing a photo shoot or something, but, but yeah, that stuff's out there. And then a lot of people ask us about and are really enthusiastic themselves about these Chinese knockoff lights. And, you know, we've, we've tested at least one of those, one of those super cheap $25 lights. And, the thing to know about those, I mean, they're going to work for a lot of people, but the thing to know about those is that they're not going to be as bright as claimed. And there's also a lot of 
you know, sort of corners that they cut with those lights that they may not last forever, but then again, you may not care if you only spend 25 bucks and you don't mind replacing them every few months or every season, then that may be the way to go. Right. I think one of the biggest drawbacks to those is the battery life tends to be really spotty. So I know plenty of guys that use those lights and, and they do work, but you know, if you're going on a long ride, you know, some of the, some of the night rides we do maybe, you know, three hours long and uh, they'll have to bring three, four extra batteries with them just so they can make it through the ride. So, you know, that, that is something to consider that maybe you do spend $25 on, on a light and a battery, but then you're going to need to spend a little bit extra on some extra batteries if you, if you want to ride for any extended period of time. Yeah, and you don't want to be that guy on the ride that's always like futzing with his light. You know, there's, there's, <laughs> don't be that guy. Yeah, there's a few of those guys that come to mind for me, and it's like, oh, the battery's not working, or oh, you know, I got to jiggle the cord just right to like get the connection going again. You should try to avoid that at all costs, and by buying a, a reputable light, yeah. you're not going to have those issues. You get what you pay for, right? Exactly. So beyond the light itself, you know, a couple other things that that I thought of. You're going to want a rear blinker. Even if you're not riding on the road or anything like that, it's good to have a light in the back that's red just so that other people can see you from behind. I mean, they're still going to be able to see you because you're light, but it's a good safety thing. A lot of people will switch from the blinking setting to a solid setting just to make it easier for the person behind you so that you're not like strobing them the whole time. So if you can get a light that has multiple settings, it has like a blink and a, a solid red setting, then that's a good one to, to use for night riding. And then I always bring always bring cash for pizza afterward. You know, that's a big part. For, for me, night riding is a really social thing as well because it's at night and people don't have to be anywhere. So, you know, it's always cool to hang out afterward. And I think, Greg, you mentioned drinking beer and whiskey on night rides. So that seems like a good thing to bring as well. Yeah, we always, uh, you know, on our group rides in Georgia, uh, depending on the season, you know, we'd either have like a beer or a whiskey at the top of the climb, generally whiskey for the, the colder nights. Um, but we, you know, we would do that 12 months a year, which is always great. When you hit the top of that climb, you're out in the middle of the woods, you turn off your lights and you're in the forest just drinking beer in the dark. I mean, it's a pretty, I don't know, you can't beat it really. I love it. Yeah. Okay, so we talked about the stuff that we need for for night riding. Let's talk about light placement because a lot of people are going to want to know the best way to place their lights so that they can see at night, and there are a couple of different configuration options out there. So what have you guys found works best in terms of configuration? Well, like I said earlier, the best setup is a, is a two-light setup if you can swing it, if you can do one on the bars and one on the helmet. It's really going to make riding at night much more enjoyable but if you only have one light you know there are pros and cons to to mounting it on either just your bars or just your helmet if you mount it to your bars the one light setup it's not going to flatten out the trail quite as much as uh, mounting it to your helmet but it will cast some maybe a little bit weirder shadows because it's, it's coming at a shallower angle to the ground and then a con to having it on your bars is if you're leading with your head, you know, around a corner, which you, which you should be good fundamentals. <laughs> you're going to be looking into the darkness, you know, because your handlebars may not be quite where your eyes are looking yet. So there is kind of a delay 
when you're going around, especially, you know, it can be an issue going around switchbacks or something like that. Like your eyes are looking one way, but your light is pointed off in another direction, you know, and then if you have a, just a light mounted to your helmet, of course, wherever your head is turned, you're going to be able to see, which is definitely a huge plus, but it does, since the light's higher up, it is going to flatten out the trail to a large degree, which is going to, it's going to kind of affect your depth perception. So things may not look, you know, that root that you think is only two inches high, maybe six inches high. So there are pros and cons, but you know, like I said, if you can, if you can swing the, the two light setup, that's really the, the best of both worlds. You know, when I ride, I prefer to have a kind of a broader flood beam on the handlebars. That's going to cover a wider uh, swath of trail and then more of a, like a spotlight on the helmet. So wherever my head's pointed, I'll be able to see the two light setup is, is definitely the way to go. Yeah. And I, th- I think you mentioned it, but for me, if I only have one light, I'm going to want a helmet light that usually works out better than a, just a bar light, unless you have just a super bright one with a, a really wide beam pattern. Yeah. If I'm starting my ride, like, and it's already dark, you know, and I only have one light, I'm definitely going to go with a helmet. But lately, you know, if I'm riding from the daylight into the darkness, generally I am only using one light. I'll just like leave that one light like on my bars. So I'm not carrying all that weight around for like an hour or two while it's still light out. And it's just sort of like to get a little extra light to finish off my ride in the darkness. So personally, I like to do that system. But for dedicated night riding, you know, two lights is always the way to go. Right. Well, here's a question. Do you guys have a strategy for how you utilize the different settings on your lights? I mean, every light is different, but most of them are going to come with like a high, medium, low, and a lot of times a flash mode as well. Do you guys use all of those modes or some of them? Or like, how do you kind of strategize for using those? Uh, yeah, I definitely take advantage of all the, the different light modes on mine. You know, typically the I, I run a little bit smaller light on the helmet. It's a it's a self-contained unit. It's a, a Night Rider Lumina. It's a 700 lumen light, and that one I I typically just run on the low setting because it'll it'll run for a long time. And since I'm just using that as more of a spotlight, I don't necessarily need it to be as bright. So I, I run that on low. It'll burn for a really long time. I don't have to worry about turning it on and off typically during the ride. And then I use a much brighter light. It's a 1200 lumen uh, Night Rider race on the handlebars, and that I adjust the brightness on much more often. So if it's if I'm climbing, if it's a really long climb, I'll I may turn the the handlebar light off completely and just use the helmet light to save the battery, or I'll, I'll at least make sure it's on the lowest setting. And for you know really technical sections of trail or maybe descents I'll, I'll up the brightness to usually to medium i mean that 1200 lumens is really really bright so there really aren't that many instances where i've found that i need to go on full high mode and um, especially it, it really drains the battery really quickly on uh, on high mode so yeah i usually just alternate between low and medium for the handlebar and then uh typically just low on the helmet mounted light but i will also use you know if we're if we're riding around the city i will use the the strobe mode on the on the helmet light you know that's a light i use for commuting and riding on the road as well so 
having that having that strobe mode is nice for uh, being out on the streets and being able to have some visibility and traffic. Yeah, my system is similar to Aaron's in which like if I'm climbing, like I definitely power down my lights to low because I don't need, you know, to see very far ahead because I'm moving so much slower. But, you know, if I hit a, like a fast, like lengthy descent, like of, you know, several miles, like I definitely power my lights up as high as they're capable of going, especially since generally speaking, you know, if I'm hitting that descent, that descent's like you climb up and then you descend back home. So that's going to be towards the tail end of your ride. So generally for me, like I don't need to worry as much about conserving battery after that. But I like to have my lights going as bright as I can when I descend just almost for safety's sake, you know, you never know what you're going to see around the next bend. So Mm -hmm. being able to see as far as possible is ideal. And personally, I like to have, uh, if I'm running a two light setup, I like to run my strongest light on my helmet, primarily again for those descents. So, you know, while Aaron might keep his on low, I definitely cycle my helmet light a good bit through the different power settings, especially for descents. I power it all the way up. I most like to run a 1600 Night Rider race light on my helmet, which makes for great descending light. Yeah, right on. Well, I mean, I'm like you guys too, and I think I find that a lot of times I'm just over conservative with my use of the low and the medium settings. My thinking is I don't want to be caught out in the dark with a dead battery, but that's rarely happened to me. I mean, I think I, I'm usually end up with a lot of extra battery life left, which is a good thing, but at the same time, you know, maybe I could be optimizing it a little bit more and getting more brightness so I can move faster and be safer as well. Leave it all out there on the trail, Jeff. <laughs> well, cool. Thanks, guys. This has been a fun discussion about night riding. Hopefully it's been helpful for some people. Also, be sure to check out Single Tracks this week. We've got a number of articles about night riding, including a review of a New Light from Light and Motion and also Maureen's article about the joys of night riding. And be sure to tune in next week on Monday. We're going to be talking about bike fitting and ways to eliminate pain and fatigue on the bike. So you're not going to want to miss that. Thanks again. See you next time. Peace. Peace.